Literary Kings and Friends podcast. And we're on episode seven. Here we are, live from uh, Colchester. Yep. Beaming around the world. You can probably tell from the lack of echo (laughs) that we're back in our home base. We're back in the studio. Yeah, can we apologise? Can I apologise for that? Because Turner Towers is never going to be used again. That echo, I've never noticed it until well, we started speaking. Such a large, large room. Mm. Well, or... not everyone's got a drawing room, you see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's incredibly echoey. Yeah. So we apologise for that. I-, I sounded terrible. Although you seem to have a sort of echo reducer in your voice. As I did. couldn't really tell yeah. with you. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, episode seven. We've made it to episode seven. We have made. We're not it to in double seven. digits yet, but you know, wait, wait your turn. And you um, fidgeting on the chair. Yes, yeah, squeaking, squeaking. And I'll have to try to edit each of those squeaks out. Yeah, 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 yeah. For those of you who are still listening, we've got <laughs> we've got a choice of a role here because what we do is we have our event at um, Queen Street Brewhouse in Colchester. Then we review the acts. Yeah, and then it's what we call a review, a show. review show. Let's get that clear. And then we have a show just about the local scene, local musicians, and people who are involved in making local music and supporting it. And then we have our preview show before we give you another dose <laughs> of acts at Queen Street Brewhouse. So we're in right in the smack bang in the middle here, and this is a uh, local scene podcast. This is a local scene podcast. This podcast is a local scene podcast. Okay, so Fretbear, I know you've been a big champion of them, certainly with me, probably the only <laughs> person you've talked to about it. <laughs> to me, he keeps saying, this Fretbear is so good, you've yeah. got to listen to them, Justin. Mm. You can, sorry about me banging the table there. <laughs> but I was angry. <laughs> I was so angry, so angry about that. Mm. But yeah, Peter's been a big champion of them, keeps telling me to go and see them, and, and so far, I haven't. And as a fan of Fretbear, what's frustrating is you don't see much of them. I mean, they, they, they're not online much, uh, they don't gig much, and uh, I when I spoke to Patch, so we did talk about that a little bit, you know, where their sort of in, their sort of presence was, uh, you know, in real life <laughs> um, or online. You know, they they don't seem to do that much. But I have to say, they are an impressive five piece. When I when you can catch them, it is well worth catching them. I have seen parts of them before in a previous band. Yes. Yes, Sound Mirrors. Sound Mirrors were a band that were around about four years ago now and um, very brightly coloured. There was about six, uh, <laughs> I think I lost count, but there was about six of them, I think, and they wore bright clothes. You know, the, the, all the instruments were brightly coloured. There was a lot of uh, sort of garlands of flowers. It was really bright. And Sound Mirrors sort of came to an end and uh, Rico, the lead singer, yeah, and yeah. Patch, the bass player, John, drummer, formed a new band which was a uh, fretbear and it completely changed the whole image of it completely changed and it was a, a darker lyric lyrical theme and just the whole image of it completely changed and the way that they're writing is a bit darker i mean the real shame is we haven't heard from them in so long because two and a half years ago they released an ep of essentially three songs the fourth track it's actually sort of a repeat of the first one. But that's called FBEP1. And if you look up them on Spotify, that's the, that's all there is, actually. So hopefully they are recording this year, though. Patch muted that they might be. Yes, because you interviewed them. We'll be listening to the interview shortly. Well, I interviewed Patch. Unfortunately, uh, I was aiming a two. Out, two out of five, I thought it might be good. Get a bit yeah. of an opinion. But actually, it ended up with just Patch and I over okay. a kitchen table. <laughs> Shall I rephrase that? <laughs> Yes, 
I think you should. The way I said we ended up sounds a bit... <laughs> we ended up over the... It, it, <laughs> let's be clear. No, let's be clear. I am not editing that out. <laughs> let's be clear. I was on one side of the table holding a microphone and he was on the other side. And yeah, we talked about lots of things. Okay. Do you want me to tell you what we talked about? Yeah, why not? Well, the first thing we talked about was... See if we can get that image out of our mind. <laughs> yeah. If I just keep talking about other stuff. Uh, the first thing was I asked him about was how sound mirrors morphed into fretbear fretbear sound mirrors morphing um, yeah. obviously a few years ago uh, sound mirrors I remember seeing you play and then that kind of vanished and uh, fretbear kind of emerged from it what was the kind of story behind that how did that how um, did that happen Richard's songwriting changed is the way we'll put it he mm. he started to write songs that were far more um, edgy so to speak horrible term but um, yeah, and it just didn't really suit the Samurai's name. Samurai's was these lovely, bubbly, big, polyphonic spree-esque mm. kind of big pop songs was the idea of them. And then this was suddenly a lot darker, mm. far more um, political-based and just a, yeah, just a bit darker. I've said that, but yeah. And so was so that a decision made by the singer then? To- it's just the way his songwriting went. Mm. And he started passing demos to me and I did a couple of treatments. No, not treatments. That sounds pretentious. I put some music behind them, which is, you know, a bass line and some drums and just on his little demos on the computer and it's kind of, he liked how they sounded. So mm. we kind of, we, we'd kind of, yeah, we kind of reached an end point with Samuels and it was just a case of an easy step forward mm. to start that way. Yes. And so with different personnel yeah. to an extent, we kind of went from there and it's a much more, um, I don't know, what would be the word? I don't I, I really want to say edgy again and I don't because it's hmm. not, but yeah. again, it's the worst thing trying to describe your own band, as you well know. Does it, so. does it feel more, I mean, from an observer's point of view, it's more like a rock band now. It feels more like that, um, possibly because you only have one singer as well now? Yeah, it's definitely more, not traditional, but hmm. straightforward. Yeah. You know, last the again the sound mirrors was because it was showy. Mm. There was there's more theatrics to it. Mm. Sound mirrors, yes. And it was yeah because it was sort of like oh we're all going to wear bright colours and mm. brightly coloured guitars yes. and you know there's a lot of it instrumentation going image. on. There was um yeah, yeah. right. You know yeah. and there was you know I was like suddenly we'd all be running around doing a salsa section with everyone <laughs> shaking tambourines and then the audience <laughs> would all suddenly pull yeah. them out. I mean we had that at the basement one night where everyone pulled out tambourines and My shakers God. and. We had a big old, you know... That's a lot of organising. Yeah. Well, you know, you just ask the crowd to bring them. If they bring them, they do. I don't think any venue would let you bring them in now. You're not bringing that tambourine in here, sir. Not in here. Sharpened edges. Exactly. You never know what you could do with a tambourine. Well, it's Chelmsford. You might get away with sharpening a tambourine. (laughs) That's Chelmsford. So the name, obviously, is something which uh, I've often wondered about. Is Is it a pun? Did someone come up with it? Has it got a deeper meaning that we haven't found out about yet? Its deepest meaning is that the original name we had, we all hated, and we had a long, long, long argument about having the original name. Yeah. And someone's partner suggested that just as anything to be, to Mm. have any name but the name we had. Right. And that's how it stuck. You play in another band, uh, Chopper. Fourth, fourth generation chopper. Um, obviously, organising a five piece is very different to organising um, three of you. Um, yes. what, do you, what do you think are the pros and cons of having a, a five piece to a three piece or a larger band to a smaller band? In chopper, you, you're all trying to make the sound bigger. I mean, I'm having to sing and play mm. 
we're all singing and playing and you know it works great as three pieces as you know with three yeah, pieces yeah, yeah. if that works right it's great but you're always dividing your attention hmm. while with fretbear everyone can do their job you know you're not having to do three different things at the hmm. same time hmm. you know if someone messes up, you've got four people covering it yeah. rather than, again, we're a three-piece. Mm. If something goes wrong, you're very bare and naked on mm. stage for everyone to go, you've messed up. Yes, it's quite obvious. Isn't yes, it? Yeah. exactly. There's more cover. There's more support mm. for each other. You can do, you can, it's weirdly, you can put more space into a five-piece than a three-piece, I think. Yeah, right. I think in a three-piece, you're always trying to fill the gaps. Right. In Chopper, Theo, the guitarist, is always playing on top of us rather than, you know, it's almost that primacy thing of the drums and the bass yeah. are just doing this solid bit and then you can just play over the top Decorate of it. Decorate on top, yeah. And yeah. we're desperately trying to break away from that right. in Fretbear because yeah. that's fairer for everyone else. Yeah. How has the, the image of Fretbear changed? Are they yeah, they look different. Patch spoke about um, how they actually tried like uniforms almost to start with, you know, sort of the way that they dressed, but um, it didn't really work for them. So they just sort of dress a little bit darker than they used to, but nothing like you know, they used to basically, not, not that sort of bright, smiley, happy thing. The Fretbear EP1 has got a fantastic cover. It's really good. It's like an iconic cover, beautifully made. I asked them about how important the image was to them. FBEP1, you'll know what that means. That's Fretbear <laughs> EP1. Um, I'm so glad that, you reminded me. <laughs> I mean, it's, um, you know, the, the look of it, it's great art, artistically, yeah. you know, really impressive. I, I, I was really struck by that. But um, it has a very sort of utilitarian, almost like Eastern Bloc, Cold yeah. War kind of feel. This sort yeah, of anti. Yeah. Post Joy Division, New yeah. Order y. Yeah, sort of of, and also that sort of anti product vibe mm. in it. You know, you've got the write up on, uh, on Bandcamp is kind of, you know, diminishing what you've done. Uh, yeah. Is that sort of a uh, sort of general philosophy of the band? That was kind of. That was to break away from Soundmirrors as well. It was definitely a character change, a shift change, because the, the sound changed, mm. the attitude changed, and what we were trying to present changed. So that was to yeah. make a clean break. So there was the sloganeering, which we did actually do a lot of in, um, in mm. Soundmirrors. There was a bit, yeah. But it was yeah. real pop, upbeat sloganeering. Then we went to the almost Eastern Bloc, mm. you know, yes. that kind of Berlin, because... Richard's a big fan of Bowie and stuff, mm. and obviously I like the George's New Order Berlin mm. type type of um, craftwork world. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So yeah. it kind of went to that way, mm. yeah. and that was, and the artwork reflected that, and the sound reflected that. Right. We were all wearing black somber colours, and we weren't allowed to wear jeans for the first mm. few wow. gigs. And we, yeah. we did. We thought we've got to do a proper style change here. So you know, mm. it's right. everyone's going to wear mm. not blue or not not bright colours because Sam wears with bright colours. Mm. We're all going to wear dark colours, sombre outfits. Mm. We did the stupid thing of all wearing the same tie for the first few gigs, and that was not great. Mm. So but you, you make see these mistakes. So you see the music and the uh, the presentation as as one thing. Yeah, yeah, it's important for that to happen. Yeah, again, Rich is very theatrical, so it's got you know, it's a whole presentation. The music's mm. just part of it. Yeah. It's the main part of it, but obviously. Yeah. Your look and stuff had to reflect that as well, and now we're a bit more relaxed. Well, that's um, uh, that that um, that whole what was I going to say? <laughs> I think that that does come across live, you know, that idea of the song, you know, being important sort of individually. And um, I think the uh, oh god, what was I going to say? God, now <laughs> we can edit this. Um, what's interesting, of course, is that we've only had Fretbear EP1. Now, yeah. whether, whether that's part of a bigger plan or we're about to be struck by something completely different, is obviously we, we don't know, but is it kind of like a theme which will probably run on, do you think? Um, 
We haven't thought that far ahead yet. No. We're, we're, the next plan is to record. Obviously, we've got the gig of you guys with Letter Kings coming yes, up on, yeah. was it 4th of February? 4th of February. Get the plug yeah, in. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got that, and yeah. then we're recording two weeks after that. Great, so we're doing right. a new four-track, four track, maybe five tracks, depending on how we get mm. on EP, at Rebellion Studios in Mark's Tate. Oh, well, Nathan. Yeah. yeah. And then we'll see how we present that. I think, again, we need to see how it sounds, what we sound like, to know what we're going to present after that. I'm really looking forward to you guys recording again. So we had to pick one song. Yes. And For we, what, out of three? Out of three, exactly. <laughs> um, Magpie. So is is it about the bird or is it a metaphorical? Well, is, you is, and I grew up in the time when Magpie was actually a television programme. Yeah. I'm not sure that it is about that. And actually, I, I forgot to ask uh, Patch about that. But Magpie, for me makes me think of all of his theft, which is interesting because there's a bit of a theme there we spoke about, but also the television programme. I wonder whether it's a bit of a flashback. Was it the ITV version of Blue Peter? Yes, I think so. I think it was. Yeah. I don't think you know, we watched much ITV. Had that guy who looked a bit like Kevin Keegan, but wasn't Kevin Keegan. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Mag- early air. Magpie is a fantastic pop song and it's got a great keyboard um, theme in it. Now, every time I hear it, I think that's got to come from somewhere. You know, when you hear something that's so simple and great, you just think, ah. I mean, there's no way that you just sit up and write that and go, oh, that, that's new. They must have, they must have thought, and I, 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 they must have thought this is stolen from somewhere. So I did ask, um, did ask Patch about whether or not they wondered whether it was a yesterday moment, like a McCartney moment. We have to talk about Magpie, which is a fantastic keyboard riff. It's a great song. I really think it's the highlight off your EP. Uh, I just wondered about the Magpie riff then on uh, on the keyboard. I just wonder whether it was a, a McCartney moment there, which is someone's come up with this great riff and you must have spent some time thinking, this isn't our riff though. This We've just stolen this whole sale from somewhere. Was there a bit of a sort of deliberation about that? We were fine with it. I think the wife pointed out... Um... Is it an, I think there's a, a couple of Nana songs right. from you know from 80s Germany that are very much that harsh keyboard sound mm. riff and she's always doing the, the Nana dance to it that she's got and <laughs> so we end up sitting there going shh don't tell anyone don't tell anyone no one knows it because it's probably in German rather than English but it's but very you, much you haven't managed to track down that riff there's, anywhere there's no, like a keyboard lead line no, no. it probably does exist but mm. it's not massively obvious it's, we've heard lots of things that sound like it mm. but we haven't actually found where we've stolen it from yet see that's where you're, yeah, you're yet <laughs> to find it um, I find that um, when, when you write something you think that sounds great but it's taken nothing it must come from somewhere. You know, yeah. it just seems too easy, doesn't it? But, yeah. uh, well, we'll wait and see. I've I mean, only had one I've found that I've ever written so far, which was I wrote a song about <laughs> Braintree Freeport, weirdly. Right. And I've never played it because it was a bit silly, funnily enough. It's a song about Braintree Freeport, so it's obviously rubbish. Yeah. And but they I, might be interested in it. Maybe. Well, they would have been if it hadn't it. been a massive <laughs> rip-off of um, Sleepers in Betweener. Right. I'd completely forgotten the song from the 90s. <laughs> and then it came on. It, they've been, it's been yeah. played recently a lot on um, Absolute or something like that. It's my song. <laughs> well, st- well, I should go the melody. Why do I know this melody? Oh, I'm so glad I've never bothered to put this oh, out. God, the best yeah. one I did steal was I wrote a song mm. and I was really happy with it recorded at home. Mm. It was on old school four track demo, you know, your little yeah, task. Tapes, yeah, yeah. I went around with mates with it. Oh, I love this. This is brilliant. He goes, it's Albatross. Albatross. <laughs> 
So I, ended, I thought, right, I'll get around. This is called Albert Ross on my thing. Albert Ross. Yeah. Great. I just thought, I don't know why I know this melody, but it works really well. Oh, it's Albert Ross. Oh, okay. my God. It's worse when someone spots it, isn't it? You'd rather mm. be left sort of thinking. But when you're so proud of something, you walk in and say, well, that's that, you know. It's like if you walk in, yeah. I've recorded this great piano song. It's Let It Be. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh well. You wanted McCartney. Yeah. I haven't seen the McCartney thing yet, the Beatles thing yet, but everyone's yeah. talking about him just knocking out Let It Be in the background while no one's mm. paying attention. And you just yeah. want something to go around. Isn't that that song? Oh, okay, yeah. chuck it away. In fact, actually, on that on that documentary, the best bit is the get back moment, which is him making up get back mm. uh, from the very beginning. I think it's fascinating to watch. Yeah, I'm desperate to watch it. As much as I'm not a particularly a big Beatles fan, which everyone finds very weird, but I'm just not. Mm. But I, I'm fascinated to see that. But I've always liked McCartney most. Everyone goes, mm. "Oh, Lennon's the genius," and he's right. like, "No, he's not." <laughs> He was rubbish in the 70s. I've never heard a decent Lennon song from the 70s. Mm-hmm. Well, McCartney's is solid gold all the way up until the Frog song. <laughs> but then I love the Frog That's song. That's where he tripped himself up. I don't know. Pipes of Feet is where it all went wrong. You're a big champion of Fred, Ben. Well, yeah, but I hope I'm not the only one. It well, feels no. like it. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah. Well, exactly. Um, so why the obscurity? Why? I mean, if they're so great. Mm. Yes. Like you keep telling me. Yeah. What, why Why? Have we I'm so all, glad you asked Why are we not all marching down the street <laughs> With banners. Fretbear, fretbear. Give us another EP, you <laughs> bastards. Free the Fretbear 5. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad you asked me that because that's exactly the question I put to Patch. Why the obscurity? Why don't people know more about this band? I mean, in my opinion, I think you're one of the best local bands we've got. And I, I talk about local as in Colchester and surrounding yeah. area, because obviously yeah. you do come from very different parts. Yeah, but we're the A12's best band. Yeah, something. you're the best band up the A12. <laughs> and yet, and yet, I have to say, you're one of the least known bands. Mm. Um, in, in conversation, people uh, uh, don't seem to be aware of you. Is there any... I mean, how did that come to be, do you think? How, how did, how, why does that happen well, to bands? We're not... We're really not gigging in as much as we should. I know, obviously, there's been a pandemic, so we can't, but we were probably just getting in a swing of it Hmm. and again we we literally got the first EP out and we had a member change our first guitarist Matt left and our second guitarist Matt joined <laughs> just <laughs> not the same Matt bro. no 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 we, we just couldn't be bothered to rewrite the credits obviously <laughs> so we changed his name no bless him he, he, we, we, he came in and we did one gig hmm. as a four piece and then Matt joined and it was like wow this hmm. works really well but we've, I think he's only probably played three gigs of us as far as hmm. I can think because we just haven't had enough we haven't been able to play so okay um, hopefully, yeah, we'll get another EP out. That will give us some impetus. Hopefully, get. I think we're too late for festival season now. And again, you don't know how it's going to be. It's very early, that isn't it? Yeah, yeah but it's, it's too late to get booked on to build sometimes by now. And you're sort of like, how are people so organised to be a year yeah, ahead? I know. And are. also, a lot of festivals are basically carrying the bill over that didn't make last year. We've gone. Ah, oh, well, we'll just book it for next year. Yeah. It's like, right, what are the rest of us supposed to do? Well, um, you've got twenty bands booked from last year, and we're all sitting here going. Okay, we'll yeah. just put left arms till next year. I think there's a kind of um, uh, when I was speaking to Charcoal, they say I said you do, you know you're in a similar position to them actually, which is they have very few followers actually online, uh, but they relish the whole thing. I mean, they mm. like the idea that they appear now and again, you know, and uh, yeah. but people don't generally know who they are. They think it's better to not post things all yeah. the time, you know, not be in everyone's face all the time. Do you think Definitely. there's any sort of merit in that as well? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, there's also uh, again. More back to Chopper. I know people always enjoy Chopper, but we're never going to be a band people follow. So I just, I'd rather get us on bills with good bands and be the entertainment before them, right. or be entertaining before oh, them. Okay. While with Fretbear, I think it's something more. You, it's it's 
it's something you can sell because you can quantify it better and go right this is this mm. this is what we're giving you and mm. again like in the last gig we did at the brew house mm. um and he was he absolutely loved it he literally yeah. that, tried was, to re- that was a cracking gig yeah he, he that one, pretty much just said look i'm booking you straight away as soon as we can get you back in yeah. and then we've not been able to organize anything since because yeah. again being a five piece mm. With families and commitments, it's really hard to get everyone organised. Thank you very much, uh, Patch. That was fantastic. And uh, this is the first time I've interviewed someone sober and in their home. Well, I can get drunk if you want me to. So this is Fredbear with Magpie. Give out, we stay home We're rocking back and forth and picking up bones There is a place for us and it is right here And it beggars belief that we will die here When we were young, when we were old When our ideas were born and sold When you were me and I was wrong Before I had to write this song Just once woke up with this thought That the culture revolts when it can be bought Monetize the youth and they will kick back Give it away for free and it will fall flat When we were poor, when we were free When every door was close to me When I was you and you were gone Before I had to write this song Let's make out we're happy You got a new Here's a bit of local news. Mm. Cook and State have split up. They have. 
with or disbanded. Yeah, with absolutely no sort of warning at all. They sent out a message fairly recently saying that uh, Cricket State were no more. Um, you know, we'd seen them, what, a month, month and a half before that. And uh, it's a bit of a shock, really. They've been around for a few years now. Got an album out last year. Yeah, and uh, suddenly, been doing really well. And suddenly it's just stopped. It's but also, of course, Jessica, if you remember podcast uh, followers, she said there was lots of things this year were happening this year as well. 2022, there yeah. was stuff lined up, but I don't know what's happened there. So uh, we send our commiserations. For whatever reason, uh, they have split up. Seems Maybe there'll be two new bands come out of it. Yes, it's like yeah. cellular division. That's the thing when you're a two-piece, of course. You only need one per piece person to walk out of the band. And <laughs> yes. You've lost, lost 50% of the band. Yeah. You can't turn and slag that person <laughs> off. Yeah, well, you can't, you can't really just replace them, though, either. No. It's, like, it's, it's, a, it's a lot to replace. It is a lot. It? So, Charcoal, a two-piece, another two-piece. Two-piece. Good name as well, isn't it? It's very sort of uh, stark. Yeah, it sort of goes with the, the image that goes along with them. Yes. The artwork, etc. The art, the artwork is incredibly consistent. And we did talk about that. Um, uh, how they present themselves, uh, online and, um, the sort of scratchy imagery and they've got a sort of theme running through everything. So it's a definite, um, look to the band. Um, they've had an album out in 2020, uh, called, uh, Charcoal, just, uh, the Charcoal album. And they've had a couple of singles as well. 2021 brought us Heavy Dirty Soul. That was a heavy track, uh, played by, uh, local radio and Paul Dupree. I remember playing that at Chance for Community Radio. And then 2022 is the new single. It's just come out called End. And what's really strange, Justin, I know you'll uh, be surprised by this, but it's an instrumental. A two piece. That means it has no words, right? A two piece <laughs> playing an instrumental. Yeah. It seems quite adventurous, really, to me. To uh, It's so diverse. It's quite calming, really. And then you've got this really heavy song before it. That is reflected in their set, though. They do that as well. They have gaps where they play softly, and then they will go into back into the hard rock, which is different to how Crooked State were. Crooked State were pretty full on. There wasn't yeah. much like, you know, yeah. have a rest in between. You know, yeah. you're either headbanging or yeah. you die You're either burning your face or completely <laughs> melting it. The quieter moments, you you were just like yeah. just face burning. Yeah, you're in it. Opposed to face melting, <laughs> you're in it or you're not. There's no rest. <laughs> uh, but with them, they do have this uh, sort of um, that shows on the album as well. There's sort of rest breaks almost. We did speak about that as well. Um, there are two pieces, as I said, Max on the drums and Joel on the bass. They had lots to tell me, and they were really appreciative of being interviewed. And the interview was a bit hijacked at one point, wasn't it? Hmm. Sorry, T. Um, they were they were hijacked um, by Charlie actually from uh, Crooked State, who decided he wanted to explain something, and also uh, Jessica was there throughout. It was a bit like it felt a bit like um, Jerry Springer. We sort of had the two <laughs> Max and Joel sitting on these chairs, and these other people sort of around them, sort of like making comments, like they were going to sort of attack them or something, or expecting. Also, of course, um, uh, Max the drummer was actually eating. He was trying to eat while yeah, I was interviewing. He was eating. It was a katsu was a, curry. Katsu curry. I mean, if you're going to eat in an interview, come yeah. on, yeah, choose your curry, right? Yeah. Well, I don't know. What do you, what do you give that? Yeah, out? No. What do you give that out of ten? Katsu curry for? I don't being, know. In, on a, you know, <laughs> not being not at all appropriate for an interview, and ten being you couldn't get any better food to eat. At I mean, food to eat in an interview would be something where you can. Speak clearly and just sort of absorb it, maybe. I don't know, some sort of uh, uh, in vitro food. Yeah. Uh, maybe on a, in an actual, you know, on a drip. Why haven't they invented cloud soup? <laughs> <laughs> well, you can have 
<laughs> breathe it. B, you can literally breathe it in. I think on the bad end, you've got things like spaghetti, um, <laughs> fruit that requires the in, in entire burying it entirely into your face. Uh, yeah. Anything that's sort of all coverage, you know. I mean, a, a ca- kebab could be a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we've got a bunch of questions. We yeah, <laughs> they're all, all full of the same sort of theme. We're nosy. Well, you're nosy. You're the one asking questions normally. Well, when you interview, I'm sort of learning more about this. But when you interview, you need to get to the heart of something they're doing to make them different. Because otherwise, you'd be asking the same questions. It would get really boring, especially for our dedicated listeners. You know who you are. Alan Tumsworthy. Alan Tumsworthy. No, we have you too know many who you worthies, are. though, don't we? There's too many worthies. Someone good worthy. Branch Spill. <laughs> David Branch Spill. You know who you are. Well, the first thing I asked them yeah. was, as a two-piece, how do they go about their writing? I'm here with Charcoal, that's outside the brew house, and uh, Max yeah, and Joel, that's yes, correct. Right. Also, we've got Jessica here as well. Uh, <laughs> it's like a line-up lot on the tube or something. <laughs> if you remember that, that programme. Um, <laughs> so first thing I was going to ask you, it's really awkward with the microphone, I know. First thing I was going to ask you is, how do you go about your writing? And is it basically around riffs, which is what I... Oh, I can oh, answer that. that. <laughs> um, yeah, so I know... I guess I just, most stuff, I, I haven't actually written anything in a while, but most stuff I've written, or on the album that we put out, is like spanning from like seven years old to like up to present day, but I just, yeah, mainly just a riff. I'll just be jamming, or when I'm practicing, just in between tunings or whatever, just play something random. And then I think, oh, that sounds cool. And I'll quickly record it. And then about two years later, I'll get around to actually making it into something more than that. But yeah, it's pretty much riff based. And then I try to sort of get the drums to fit the, in the same way I think Dave Grohl says about how he, pl- he plays the guitar like a drum kit in that the lower notes are the kicks and the higher notes are the snare so I try and get the drums to fit the right. the bait, like the riff so it's all syncopated great but yeah that's all I go about and Joel as a bass player um, do you find you fill out a lot of the sound or is it pretty equal between the two of you yeah well because there's two of us I guess we sort of yeah that, that is one thing I always try to make sure to do because yeah. as you say with, with the only melodic instrument playing you've got to make sure you yeah fill out the sound so yeah I guess so um, trying to make it sound so there's no gaps or it doesn't sound empty but yeah um, I guess that's sort of down to me and then let's fill it out any 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 time I do have to put any sort of synths in I try and avoid it because I like to keep everything yeah. um, everything that you can hear playable on stage I'd like to try and rely on like backing tracks as least as possible because I don't know I guess because you're not we're not playing it but um, but yeah I guess when there's 22 of you you sort of have to do so, so yeah. and it's interesting having someone from Crooked State here because of course a lot of this will be familiar to you maybe a lot of the things that Joel and Max are speaking about the oh, way yeah. they arrange things yeah definitely definitely their song their song speak is just like a thousand words in one, like I'm, I'm impressed by you guys all the time. No, I don't like, think we've oh, that many lyrics. Like <laughs> every time I see you guys, they like literally blow my mind. The album's very interesting because it's essentially heavy. I mean, what you'd expect, you know, from drums and bass. I mean, that, that's kind of what you'd expect, like a, a rock thing. But there are three very calming sort of sensual, almost like yoga type music suddenly in between. And I asked them about why they decided to put those on an album. I want to ask you about the, the calm intervals. It was an interesting... Oh, yeah. There's two or three on there, isn't there, where the, it's, it came across as a kind of almost like a rest between the headbanging. Well, that, that the was, idea? That was the idea. I mean... It's a little bit like what we do live. Yeah. Like, like, we sort of just have... We like to have little rests, like you say, between the headbanging. Just, I, I mean, if anything, just for me and you, just to catch well, a breather. Just, I'd, yeah, I've always you know. had the opinion I don't want any dead air in the... 
I was always conscious of if I had to tune, like I don't want it to be silent. So just to have something in the background and then that just made its way. I'm a big fan of bands like the 1975 who do that. They stagger their, they sort of have like acts to their thing. And other bands as well, Angels and Airways, who do a lot of droney sort of ambient stuff. And, and um, I sort of like the juxtaposition of the, as you say, they're really head, you know, heavy stuff separated by every so many songs, um, just a calm bit. I did try and get it to be an equal amount of songs in between each, but uh, didn't work out when you've got 20 songs and there's so many things. But, uh, did, did you make them yourself? Did you write them yourself? Yeah, yeah so they're just, um, yeah, they're just, they're from some of them again, like span back to 2013, some of them are more recent. I sort of, <laughs> they stem from needing to find music to sleep to. And so creating these little drone things to send myself off to sleep and thought, that sounds nice. I'll put that on the uh, on the album, so yeah. Yeah, so it's pretty similar to what we'd like to do is have a bit of dynamics in our music. So mm. you so can only really, show. yeah, you can only, if you do a quiet bit, then it make, accentuates the loud bit and vice versa. Yeah. Otherwise, if you're just full, you know, one way or the other, it's... Mm. There is there is a merit to stopping, I think, sometimes to define where a song ends because we have had that before, haven't we? Where people we're actually in the middle of something and people will start clapping. You're like that always annoys me slightly, which is no, we haven't actually finished. Like they should know better or something. <laughs> Getting you know? angry with them, you know, like throwing some, <laughs> throwing guitars, a at book them. at them. Yeah, like a small library of books behind, ready for throwing. <laughs> I kind of throw the book at you well what what interested me uh, interested me about them was the restrictions of course of being in a two-piece and it, i always think that's something that a two-piece has to deal with and not folk different rock you really do have to deal with the two-piece you know what you're actually doing with it and they gave a very interesting answer actually as to why they do it what i want to ask you max was this you, i mean you've consciously uh, chose to be in a two-piece obviously yeah, yeah. both of you yeah, yeah. what restrictions does that come with that you sometimes uh, regret or find hard to work with honestly there there aren't any like i really really enjoy this like if anything i like that that there is a little bit less of a responsibility as a drummer because, because I mean, obviously there's a huge responsibility for the drummer but 50% yes yeah yeah <laughs> but but especially you know as Joel is the primary songwriter like it is it's very relaxed for me I don't have any I guess you could say like emotional uh, what's the word like uh, emotional Attachment. stakes attached to Attachment. what I'm doing um, whereas like in my other band that I play like I am the primary songwriter and I'm, I'm up front and I know and I, that when I'm playing a gig it's like I can't I feel like there's a lot of like emotional pressure because it's like mm. shit, I've wrote these I've written these mm. songs and I want these to be well received and it's like I'm half half enjoying it half afraid in a weird way I know but, what you but, mean but, but but as a drummer just in the two piece I can just rock out and it's just fun <laughs> and I love it and you know so in a sense it's kind of the opposite of what I was saying which is yeah a little bit it bit might feel curveball. like it's restricted but actually you yeah, think maybe yeah. it's uh, yeah a bit of a curveball answer mm. there yeah. I find it sort yeah I mean a bit contrary to what Max saying <laughs> I think it's it's slightly restrictive in the songwriting process in the but I sort of find it fun in the because there's only two of us. You got to fill out the space. You're right. Uh, fill out the space with uh, with uh, <laughs> Charlie's just coming into after this. So you're filling out the space with um, Tatsu Curry. That's <laughs> Charlie from Crooked Space. Yeah, oh, hello, hello, hello. Um, yeah, we're here to rock out. Uh, it's going to sound really rock in this. Everyone's here. Well, well you know, we're, we're, we're you know, we're, we're okay. sorry, sorry, sorry. Can I curse? We can, but we had a. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, sh man, sh man, sh it's going down. You have no fucking clue. In the bed. 
in <laughs> yeah. Anyway, and, and another thing. Like, um, <clears throat> that'd be good. Uh, yeah. So uh, so wait, what's the podcast called? Literary Kings and Friends. Literary Kings Crooked and Friends. State have already this been on. We have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Listen, listen. Oh no, yeah. Well, we need some more time anyway. Uh, so that's enough about charcoal. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting about them being a two piece and them saying it frees them up because we, you know, being a three piece, we've always sort of said it leaves us a lot of space uh, to be able to, mm. to to explore. Yeah. But for me, I think a two piece might be a little bit too much space. It's, it almost feels like going too far. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, we spoke about this before, didn't we? Which is, you know, the, the guitar and drums or the bass and drums. You know, I think you, you sort of have a struggle on both sides of that, really. The, but, the, the, you know, it's really it's really how you define your music, isn't it? What you, what you want to get out of it, you know. And I, yeah. I think it's brave, though. I think it's very yeah. brave to do a two-piece. Okay. So they describe themselves as beautiful, heavy sounds. They do on Spotify. I don't oh. think they go shouting it in people's faces. Yeah. Who do you think you are? I'm beautiful, heavy sounds. They don't do that. But I, I was interested to know why, um, th- how those two things work together in their sound, really. Your Spotify bio says that you create beautiful, heavy sound. How do you sort of rectify those two things together? Um, well, I think... If that's the right word, rectify, I don't know if it is. Uh, I mean, so... I, I, you know, so I like you... So Joel, Joel wrote that bio, not me. But I would still... I still have an answer for that. I think... I think... I think... I guess how do we do... How do we... How does that work? I think... If you, if, oh, that's really hard. That's a hard, that's a hard question. I think it did stick out because a lot of bands like yours would just put themselves as heavy, yeah, because yeah, yeah. that attracts a certain crowd. But your the idea of it being beautiful and heavy. I mean, with the vocals specifically, they're quite glossy, aren't they? The vocals. Yeah, I, I that's guess, the word I'd use. I, I guess, I guess the beautiful part comes from, you could say, comes from like you know, that like that, you know, like I said, there were some like quite nice interludes in the music. It that like we are heavy, but there there are moments of. Um, there are moments of not heavy and and you know more more like chilled out chilled out sections and like you say Joel's lyrics are quite you know emotional and come from a, uh, come from the heart I guess yes. you could say they come from the heart which I think is a beautiful thing I think. well look Charcoal you've, you've had more than enough time to talk thank it's tw- 20 minutes you've done more than double anyone else that's pretty good have a great gig tonight thank, thank you very much, much. thank you for thank you, thank you very much thank you audience Crooked state in the audience there. The new single has just come out called End.
Mr. Turner, hold right there. Ooh, baby. <laughs> I can see a red light flashing on the control panel, which means We've we have got, a, got message. A, a message. Yeah. Yeah, you're all right, Pete. I hope you keep them well. Catch up with you later, mate. <laughs> I think Hi. that's the wrong one. Two, two, repeat. Check it out. Yeah. Check it out. <laughs> oh, just get pick up, are you? I'm ringing because I just wanted to say that I'm getting sick of all these jokes you keep making in your podcast and you're supposed to be talking about music and that. When will it stop? When are you going to listen to what I'm saying? No one wants to hear your stupid jokes anymore. Every podcast, the same thing. I listen in and wham. What am I getting straight away? Stupid little jokes. Stop it or else I'm going to take action. You don't believe me, no? Well, let me explain. It will involve a marrow and several knitting needles and a flan case. Goodbye. Oh, it's not good, is it? No. I mean, how much more... Is this the start? Is this like the, the dam is bursting and this is the first drip? Or is this is this some crazy nutter who doesn't like jokes? To be honest, I have to say, you don't have to listen. You don't have to yeah. listen. Just turn it turn off. Turn the radio off. Walk away well, through the meadow. Even on the radio. You wouldn't even need to turn your radio off. You could turn the radio or not. On, in fact. Turn the radio on. And turn this podcast off. I think at this point it might be worth Justin knowing that we're not on the radio. This no. isn't what we. This isn't we're live. Not. No, we're not. This isn't live radio. No. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, if you really feel strongly about that, you know, obviously send us a message. But uh, it's uh, yeah, a little bit worrying, isn't it? Should it we is. just play it straight? Hello, I'm Peter. Here's some music. We had to get somebody in. Yeah, two new us. Yeah, yeah. Uses. And we write a script and they just read it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like a tribute podcast. Yeah, we could do. I don't think yeah. it's been done before. Is that even true? Okay, so Jason Rampling. What a hero Jason Rampling is. It's sort of new discovery for me. And this, this guy runs um, a, an acoustic event at the Brewery Tap in Sudbury, the first Sunday of every month. And it's called Jason's Acoustic Events. Now, he actually pays £10 for every act as well. So you get a crisp tenner. And it was actually crisp, I have to say. It wasn't a screwed... Actually, nowadays, notes aren't like that. They're all lovely ironed. Did you sort of, like, put it between your teeth to test it? To test it. Yeah, Yeah. it it tore in half. But, um, yes, uh, you get a 30-minute slot. He welcomes originals, uh, covers, pretty much any combination, really. But, you know, music music um and it's fantastic it's such a lovely venue as well really friendly crowd busy as well i mean you came over didn't you and uh saw me play the second time there and uh the crowds i mean for a sunday afternoon in a provincial town that's pretty good for people wanting to hear music yeah so i mean if you know if you're interested in a slot i'll definitely get in touch with uh jason's acoustic events on facebook he's always willing to did he uh, play when you were there yeah, Jason plays every he's, week. He's, yeah, he's, he's got a good voice. Good. So I went down and um, I was a bit of a surprise for him, really, because I, I sort of turned up uh, back in uh, early October. And um, I just said to him, do you mind me interviewing you? <laughs> I don't think he was expecting me to. It sounded like, what are you talking about? Yeah. What With what? And I said, can we just sit out outside and I'll just ask you some questions for a podcast? And he was more than willing to do it, despite the fact he's got all this organising to do around him, you know, and someone on stage doing whatever. He just sat down and spoke to me. So I asked him, first of all, about, you know, to sort of summarise the event, you know, what was the what was it he was trying to do? Jason's Acoustic Events happens every month, is Yes, that right? it is the first Sunday of every month um, since we've come back from COVID, as it were. Mm. And um, I've been doing it 
do it for quite a while. Uh, for about... <laughs> I mean, I was looking at the questions already. I'm answering them before they've been asked. But yes, they're the first of every month and it's always a really sweet, sweet event. I get to show off local talent half hour at a time um, and then make a video of them as well and post it on my Jason's Acoustic Events Facebook and YouTube and other You're very well organised. As organised as I can be. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've seen you know, your, your videos online and the recordings, so you've obviously got it all together. How long have you been doing this for now? As I said, I've been doing it for about, I reckon about five years, I reckon, since maybe even whilst I was at uni try, doing music production, just trying to um, use use everything I've learned from uni yeah. into into practice. He encourages local music. Yeah, not just original music, covers yeah. as well, but just anything. If someone get, wants to get up and play a guitar, yeah. play a song, play a song. He'll, he's he'll he's happy. He's happy with any. Just happy to promote people, really. What I was going to ask you about covers and originals. Now, with Litter and Kings and Friends, we we actually specialise in originals. We don't have cover acts at all. Now, the occasional cover will slip in. Do you have a preference for that, or do you leave no, it open? No, absolutely. I, I, I want them to be as comfortable as I can. So, I mean, I'm a covers artist. I don't have many of my own material. So, if if they're feeling uncomfortable, I'll play a cover. And it's anything to make them feel comfortable. If they want to do covers, just covers, then fine. Like, so long as they're on stage, having a good time, building confidence and such um, and then I get to record them for, for their for their own portfolio of evidence so they can get more gigs elsewhere and show off what they've been doing what was interesting of course because we do this you know how, how does he source his artists you know where are these people coming from is he just throwing it open to anyone is he sort of vetting these people in any way um, and um, I sort of was interested to see what comes from around Sudbury because of course I suppose Colchester has a bit more, you know, it has a larger population for a start, but probably more musicians. How do you source your artists? Where, where do they come from? This is, this is a good one, because I used to, when we first started off, I used to like go, do a lot of like searching about on Facebook and such, and try and find artists and go, oh, do you want to do you want a space here? Explain to them what it is. And then after a couple, three years and that, uh, people started coming to me which is really sweet so it's just like oh, don't. and then I kind of well, I wanted all the acts in one place which is can never be done but I built loads of um, I got loads of artists in one little group chat thing and so in, emer in an emergency I can go who wants a slot and like first come work first serve kind of thing and it has been really good. Everyone's been like, yeah, me, me, me. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. And then fill up the night, easy peasy, and it's done. With the uh, night that our band run, Litter of Kings and Friends in Colchester, there's huge demand. Uh, solo acoustic acts, mainly voice and guitar. Um, there is so many people out there who want to play, who want a space to play. Are you finding that here as well? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it's one of them things where it's just like, um, it's kind of... They kind of asked me, and if, if like, um, if they can't do it, if something comes up and they get ill or something just before, they always want to do it next month. 
So it's never like it's never like they want to disappear. They still want to do it, and then so the stream of talent continues to flow. I love it. I absolutely love it. It's like an artist. You love it. I can just see the whole manner that you run it in. Yeah. I get a show of this real. I get a show of local talent, and I love that. Yeah. And it's only small. You'll always be appreciated if you if you're gathering together local talent. They'll always want. Yeah. Oh, there's there's such a community as well here. They're real sweethearts when they all get together and that and it gets busy. There's a real like there's a real sense of community, and they all just have a laugh and then uh, share stories about gig experiences and such and, and all sorts. It's really sweet. Jason, thank you very much for your time and what a wonderful event you have here. Thank you very much. Pleasure. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to do something which we haven't done on the show and probably it's very remiss of us. Oh, God. <laughs> this is without warning, is it? Yeah, it's just to say thank you for for all the artists who appeared at our events, but also mm. all the people that... that, that um, have agreed to be interviewed um, by mm. Peter um, <laughs> because that is that is a particularly painful experience. It's been an absolute pleasure. I mean, I've really enjoyed interviewing people. It's fascinating to talk to other artists, and um, people are so giving. I mean, they, they give their time, and they're willing to talk in depth about what they do. It's fantastic, and um, you know, every, everything works really well. I think this, you know, with the podcast sort of blasting this out to people us interviewing putting on the events it's great it's all coming together well and i think podcast number seven was the right time to say that i don't think we're going to make 30 what, can you imagine the of, hours i'm going to have done editing this show by the time we yeah. get to podcast you 30. should start clocking up the be, hours well, it's, i think the last podcast will be about six hours and when so, you when you're at St Peter's so Gate, they'll say, 30. "What did you do with your life?" You'll say, "Well, thirty percent of it was actually editing podcasts." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, crikey! Yeah. So, if any of you wonder why Peter's doing all the interviews, what the hell is Justin doing? Why is he not pulling his weight? Let me tell you, I am pulling my weight. I'm doing jingles. I'm putting funny noises in the background. <laughs> Let me tell you. I'm pulling my weight. There's a lot of mouse work going on over here. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, of course, you know, a call out to everyone, really. If you are uh, a local musician playing original uh, acoustic music, of course you can get in touch. Onto Facebook's the best way, really, to message us, um, Literary Kings and friends, and uh, we'll try and get back to you. Yeah, so that's not just acoustic acts. Of course, the acoustic acts, we want to get you at one of our events. But if you're in a band making heavy metal music oh, or any yes. kind of the kind of music, yeah. we can interview you. We can play your, your tunes, send us mm. your tunes, MP3s, please. Yep. And we'll try to get them on the show. Absolutely. So uh, what's coming up in our next podcast? Arned. 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 You know, Boy Down Road, Arned. Uh, our next podcast will be our preview for the, our March event. Exactly. Now, it sounds like a long way, doesn't it, March? But it ain't. It ain't. It's only next month, you see. <laughs> Look, we're wrapping up. We are wrapping up. So it's time for us to say goodbye. Thank you very much to uh, Patch from Fretbear and Max and Joel from Charcoal. Although nice I will say he didn't offer you any of his curry. No, he didn't. Oh, no, there was no chance. Um, I did sort of stick my fingers in, but he just, wah, get off like that. Yeah. And uh, also, of course, Jason Rampling for letting us interview you. Um, so, yes, what is your job now? What have you got to do, listeners? Well, get out there. Most gigs are free. I have to yeah. say, you, you know, you can see some good bands for nothing. And they're local bands. You've got some really good bands there. You've got to go and find them. Look online. See where they're playing. Go and see them. Yeah. COVID looks like it might be on the way out. This is the plan. 
why can't microorganisms take more responsibility and yep. just say, look, we've had our fun, let's move on to Jupiter or wherever, you know, the next, because obviously they'd literally have to leave the planet, so it doesn't make much sense, this. Well, thank you for that uh, idiotic rambling, Peter. <laughs> Idiocy! Oh, like, <laughs> I just like to... I, so, I need to now go back to the home. I just wish this was, you know, we had some visuals so you could see... This... <laughs> That <laughs> no, nobody wants to see that. Well, last, well, show them what you did last time. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Really? Did you see it? Yeah. Do you want me to do it again? Do it again. For God's sake! Is that better? Well, yeah, but they, the trouble is, I can't see it. I mean, I'll okay. show. I'll show. I do it this time, but I do. It, I'll do it harder this yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if only you could see it. What about this one? Surgery. <laughs> 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 I'm not doing that again. There's no way. We need to get a camera oh, in for this. Oh, my God. God. Am I having a heart attack or spraying <laughs> something? Well, I'll just put my wrist back on. There you go. We're oh, fine. Okay. We're fine. Oh, God. No, you should do that one. What, the one with the other Yeah. Have you no, got do any that one. courgettes? Yeah. I'll just go and get... Okay, go on. Oh, go right, get Yeah, mind like, the cat. Right, do you keep this courgette just for me? Yeah, yeah. It's not okay. a reveal courgette. Okay, well, listen, I'm just It's gonna, a faux courgette. Oh, I'm going to have to sit slightly differently on okay, this. Okay, yeah, yeah. Right, here we go. Don't push too hard. <laughs> here we go. Oh, you're Kings and friends talking bullshit again.